Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, guys, what's going on? It is Jason. As if my voice couldn't be more annoying. <laughs> I, my allergies have hit so bad that I sound absolutely terrible. Nah, I just got that, that smelly cat kind of sound. <laughs> Jason's going to heavily edit my voice, like add some kind of like vocoder to smelly it. Smelly cat. <laughs> It's rough. My One of my students said, I have bronchitis. And I'm like, oh, that's so terrible. Like, they typed it in the chat on my class. And I said out loud, oh, no, I'm so sorry. And then she types, oh, it sounds like you have it, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I said, no, but thank you for caring. It's just my allergies. And it's a class at 8 o'clock in the morning. So nobody sounds their best, in my opinion. At least I don't. Yeah, I mean, I I think I sound the same that early, but... Yeah, some freak morning people are okay with sound okay at 8 o'clock in the morning. I don't. I, I really don't. It doesn't help that like, I roll out of bed at the last possible moment to get ready to come downstairs and teach a class. Um, you'll have to bear with my voice this week. I think we'll manage. Yeah. I'm also really tired. That's what all the drugs do to you. All my nasal decongestants. You're not supposed to talk about drugs on the podcast. Um, they're prescription. I, I mean, over the counter. <laughs> it's, That's what they all say. It's fine. It's fine. I don't have a problem. I honestly can't remember when the last, when was the last dose of medicine? I wonder if I should be taking more. Huh. This episode could get real interesting. It could. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. All right. Let's, let's get to some news and quit my pointless banter about my allergies. So the first um, thing on Kickstarter I want to talk about looks like it could be just a gimmick. But I think the game sounds really cool. And the game is called It Takes a Thief, the board game. Um, I don't know. Board Life, B-O-R-E-D, Board Life is the name of the company that's putting this out. I, Never heard of them. I, yeah, I don't know. Apparently, they've done a few other things. I'm not sure. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm obviously not the person to ask about that. But It Takes a Thief is really interesting. Um, I think it's a two to four players. You know, it'd be nice if they put that right at the beginning. No, they got to show the components first or the minis. If there's minis, they got to show those. Well, first. okay. So the interesting thing about this is it's actually like a 3D, like, tile laying kind of game which i think is interesting so you are thieves but you know it takes a thief shocking and both in the game it's like you're building your route to um steal things um which it's by like laying these tiles but then your thief actually moves on top of the tiles so I think they, or maybe even both, on top and below. So, like, underneath um, the top tier of tiles, you can have, like, um, traps or even um, items that you want to pick up, which I think is kind of crazy. Um, and so, like, there are rooms to go into. Um, there's obviously the upper floor. Um, oh, there's a compartment. Cards can go underneath even the the bottom floor i guess there's a little special compartment 
in the cards. So the tiles look like layout, like floor layouts at places that you are robbing. And so you're basically laying, like you want to lay out a route to get to these items that you want to steal. And then you have to go back to the sewer. That's how you snuck in. Um, to like complete your goal cards of the things that you have actually effectively stolen. And I, you know, I really love a good thief spy kind of game. And they have um, really interesting like little backstories for their thieves. I think the artwork's kind of cool. And I like the idea that you can play um, on two levels. Although sometimes that can be gimmicky, I know. Um, but it, it seems like it's really fun. I did not watch like an actual video playthrough because gosh, that would actually be like being prepared. But I think it looks really interesting. And um, a lot of people said, Oh, this is like, there's a lot of strategy to this because you want to complete the most goal cards. Well, if you complete the same number of goal cards as somebody else and you're tied, um, then it's whoever has collected the most gold. Cause that's one of the things that you can steal. And if you are tied on gold, it's whoever has the shortest route to get back to the sewer. And so I think there's a lot of interesting choices that are being made here as far as like completing objectives and what you're stealing and how you're putting out this path, which I don't know that I quite understand how to do that at the moment, but the artwork is pretty cool. So um, it's called It Takes a Thief, the board game. There are 16 days left on that. So if you want to do better due diligence than me and actually watch the videos, that sounds like a good idea. And because of those like 3D placement components, um, the base pledge for this is $56. Yeah, this does seem pretty cool. I was looking at the pictures while you were talking about it. It feels kind of like, or I don't know if it, I can't say it feels because I've never played it, but it looks like the Burgle Brothers game a little bit. Yeah. From Fowers Games. It has that same gist to it. I think it it's different, but just the way that the tiles look, it kind of feels like that. Yeah, it just has a little more of a sophisticated like look to the art a little bit, but I think it, it yeah, it sounds kind of fun. So if you like thieving games, if you're into like those cool like multiple level kind of components um i check this one out it takes a thief 16 days base pledge is 56 dollars the next one is a lot lighter game that i want to talk about and um both my correspondent in the field and also jason have mentioned this game because well we can't seem to get away from the ponies and this game is called long shot the dice game um i don't this is I mean, there was a long shot game that came out from Z-Man Games. I don't think this is the same. It's not. But the guy who designed it designed that game as well as Chinkatere. Chinkatere. Chris Handy. So yeah, he, he does all those little like packet games, right? Isn't that him? Yes. Yes. So this is the second game in the Roland right line of premium roll and write and erase dice games. So this is interesting because it's like a roll and write, but you also have like a main center board. So you're rolling the dice. These horses are getting advanced. Um, there's these cards that you're checking. Um, that card, not only is the, the number you rolled moving, but there's these cards that move other horses if they're picked. And then you all have your own player board with your little dry erase marker. And then you can take one of five actions. Like you can go to concessions, um and like mark a row or column to get bonuses you can place bets on horses you can um 
help like increase a horse's movement, which is that that's been used when someone rolls the number of the horse later, you can like increase or stop movement on certain horses. Um, you can bet on them. You can buy a horse so that you, um, and you get an ability when you buy a horse and then you get purse money if they're the winner. Um, and so it seems like it's pretty quick, but the artwork is really fun. It's like this bright kooky looking artwork and you've got like the really ease of a roll and write, which I mean, and then you've got the horse racing aspect, which we love, like with home stretch. But this looks like it's even maybe lighter than home stretch, which is saying something like um, with this little roll and write board that you've got that you can mark on it. This also has um, a solo variant so that you can play it with this like AI that is from this crazy betting guy named Roland. Imagine that, who you're playing. Roland Wright. <laughs> who you're playing against. But um, I I love horse racing games. I think they're fun. So this has like that, that roll and move feature of the horses, but you're also able to like, you know, mitigate how far a horse can go because that can be an action. You can, um, you know, work on your different rows and columns to get special bonuses. You can try and invest in horses. You can try and make good bets on them um, in addition to like the roll and move. So uh, I think that sounds really stinking fun. So long shot, the dice game, 14 days left on Kickstarter and um, the low, the base pledge is $25. Yeah. I love horse games. Um, So this is one that I'm interested in. But yeah, I don't know. I probably won't back it because I have my reasons. But it it does look really good. I don't know. It seems fun, and the, the artwork is really fun. Like it, I'm trying to think of what it reminds me of. It definitely has like a like a like if a Saturday morning got, cartoon got a little demented. Like it's just kind of what it looks like. It's really fun, bright colors. Um, it just looks like a good time. I think you should back it, man. I'll consider it. This is a, a strong consideration because I do love home stretch. Yeah. Again, no one will be surprised if we never play it until somebody else backs it. That's, that's true. Uh, my last game is a little, I, I want to say it's a little bit heavier, but it's not. It's really not. The more I look at this game, the more I'm kind of interested in how it's going to play. And that game is called Magna Roma. This is by Archona Games, um, which I don't know anything about them, but they're um, in Macedonia and Australia. That much I do know, which isn't obviously a lot. Um, <laughs> but in this game, it's a tile line game, but you are building a city and like, and each person you're building the city in front of you, almost in um, a castles of Mad King Ludwig feel, except it's straight squares, which you know, I love. And, um, so you're you're placing these tiles. They're all start be, by being connected to a town center. Um, when certain things, when you put tiles next to each other, there are symbols that can match on the edges. There are colors, so you can um, get different bonuses from them. You can get resources um, based on what kind of tiles you have there and what's on the tiles. Um, then you can actually do some actions. You have like a this cool little action board where um, you can construct a monument in your city. And if you get a um, deluxe version of Kickstarter, they've got these really cool miniatures of these monuments. They're really awesome. Um, you can conquer new provinces or you can get like a God's blessing on your city, which gives you some extra bonuses for resources and stuff. 
Um, and then at the end of your turn, you reserve a new tile for the next turn. So you're trying, you're like looking ahead, you're seeing um, what could work for you, what kind of, what types of tiles and stuff you want to get the bonuses. Um, and then once everyone has a five by five square of their city, then the game's over. And so you get points scored for like the, the provinces you've conquered, the monuments you have, how devoted everyone is to the gods through that whole blessing kind of thing, um, the luxuries that you have in your city. It just looks like a really neat little game. Like, I don't want to say little, um, but like the tiles are, I guess they're not that little. I guess I don't know. You get 100 tiles in, in it. So there's like a bunch of boards going on. There's card province cards. There's a market board. There's trading tiles. There's the Pantheon board. There's all kinds of stuff happening in this game. It looks pretty fun. Um, so there's 11 days left on that Kickstarter, Magna Roma, and um, it's $59 for the base copy of this game. Yeah, I've seen some people talk about this, and I saw it was tile, tile laying, and I was, you know, I'm not super interested in that, but just looking through some of the pictures, it does look pretty interesting. Yeah, I really like when you lay, like, it, it's, in some ways, it's tiling and almost tableau building because you're, like, laying tiles to your advantage to get bonuses off of other ones. And I really love doing things like that, like um, Santa Monica or something like that, where you're, and even, you know, Castles, Mad King Ludwig as well, like, where you're saying, okay, where is this tile going to go? Like, how can I get the maximum out of this as, but for, like, current things that I need and then for like long-term goals. So I, I think it looks really cool. So that's um, Magna Roma. Yeah, cool. And that's all I have for news this week. All right, let's talk about some games we played. Um, we played not a lot of new games this week, weekend, this time, but there are some games that we did play. So we'll talk about those. Um, so the first game we're going to talk about is a roll and write, which kind of, you know, is a nice segue from long shot. It's not long shot, but it is cool. And it's called on tour. And we've talked about this game. I've done a video for it. It's a roll and write game where you're trying to plot a tour for a certain genre of music band. So there's jazz country, hip hop and rock, I think, are mm -hmm. the four we have. And you're just trying to basically, you're going to travel around the country from low number to high number you always have to go in either the same number or ascending number order to the next city. So you're trying to get as many cities as you can. You're trying to get some circled cities because they're going to get extra points. There's occasionally going to be some wilds that come up that's going to give you a star, and that's going to be any number, which is helpful on your route. It's a really cool game. It's a rolling right, so you think it's going to be easy, but man, it burns your brain. Like This is a rolling right that is pretty deep because it gets, it gets complicated once your board starts filling up. So that's what we played. So did you still like On Tour this time? Oh my gosh, I love On Tour. And it, I mean, it is really complex. I, even though it's really simple, it's like you roll the dice and you turn over three cards. And then you write the numbers down, both from the lowest number to the highest number, and then the, and then the reverse, so 45 and 54, for example. And you just have to put it on two places on your board. And you're like, oh, no big deal. But it is a big deal. It totally is a big deal. And you're trying to hit as many places as you can. Like the depth of strategy that can be in this is obscene. And sometimes I get a little AP on this game. Um, 
But like, you're like thinking ahead, like, ooh, am I going to get this number, the right kind of number I need to be in between here or there? Like, oh, am I going to be able to get a wild so I can just make this work? Or, okay, what am I going to have to sacrifice since this isn't going to happen? Like, I, it's just so, so good. And I actually am very good at this game, which shocks me because it's numbers and like planning and stuff, which I am generally not good at in my everyday life. But um, I can plan me, you know, a a, a good band tour <laughs> for this game. Yeah, I, I did actually pretty well this time that we played it. I was like, man, I'm going to dominate. And I still got last place. It was like my highest score ever. And I still lost. I mean, to be fair... <laughs> There have been times where we played where I've almost like doubled your score because you played so badly. That's true. I only lost by like five or six points this time. Right. So I mean, it was it it, it didn't take much to be your high score, but you did you did play a lot better. So you're you're getting it. This is I mean, I understand how to play the game. I'm just bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's going through a lot of like possibilities and scenarios and okay, can I put something here and maybe connect to this this state or this state or you know, what's the likelihood that I'm going to get this number? It's, I think it's really great. Oh, yeah, I like it a lot. It's a great game. So the next one we played is kind of a new hotness game. And it came out this year. We played it once before with our friend Chris, the new hotness buddy. But we have a copy now. We played it with our friends Brandon and Josie. And this game is called Cubitos. So we've talked about it. It's a... Um, a dice rolling push your luck game that's also a race. So you have these dice, you're trying to get movement and money to purchase new dice and to move around the board. You're trying to be the first person to cross the finish line. If multiple people cross the finish line at the same time, it's whoever gets across the finish line the farthest. That's the gist of the game. You can bust just like a normal push your luck game. The dice all have different abilities, um, and it's just super fun. So what did you think about Cubitos this time? Um, I, I did like it. What I thought was really interesting is it was such a different gameplay this time than the first time we played it. Like, we played with all of the same, like, dice, because there are different um, powers for each of the dice, and we played with all the same ones as we did the first time. I, I think we had different dice this time. I just randomly shuffled No, them. I'm telling you. it's. I'm pretty sure it was the same ones. Oh, oh I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm almost positive. Um, and yet... Uh, like we, we did play with a different board. So this one had a lot of water. But it seemed to go faster. Hardly anyone busted. Um, it, it just was a very differently played game. And I thought that was really strange. Um, not a whole lot of high money turns very often. Like It was just um, a different kind of game. It's still fun. I would like to explore some of the, of the different kind of dice powers and stuff that are out there. Uh, but... Yeah, I think this one is a nice one to bring out with people and and to try more often because I think it's very accessible. Yeah, it's really easy to play. It's pretty easy to teach, too. The most complicated part is moving the dice from the discard pile and when you're drawing from where. That's the most complicated complicated part of the whole game. The rest of that is just rolling dice and moving your guy. It's yeah. Pretty, pretty nice. Agreed. It was good. All right. Yeah, I still enjoyed it, so that's cool. The, the But the last game I enjoyed the most. <laughs> and Which is crazy. I don't, yeah, I shouldn't like this game at all. I should hate this game. I should never want to look at it, touch it, let alone play it. But it's Sons of Anarchy, The Men of Mayhem. Oh, man, I, I don't know what it is about this game, but 
This is based on the Sons of Anarchy TV show. And what you're doing is you're taking on the role of one of the, the MCs or motorcycle clubs, for those of you who haven't watched the show. And you're trying to basically get area control on these locations that are tiles that are basically locations from the show. Each location is going to give you some, it may give you money, it could give you contraband, it could give you guns. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to sell your contraband to get money. You're trying to spend your money to get guns. You're using your guns to fight other gangs to ultimately have the most money at the end of the game. There's a little bit more to it. There's some cards that come out that really wreak havoc. Um, people can just screw you over for the fun of it, not help themselves but hurt you. It's, it's crazy. It's super mean, but I like it quite a bit. So what did you think about Sons of Anarchy this time? Well, I mean, I won, so I felt pretty good about that. Um because, I mean, I, I know how to run my, my gang, my my MC, I mean. They're not gangs. My club. I know how to run my motorcycle club as a Lynn syndicate, in case anyone was, was worried. Um, I like it. There's, a, there's an area control element to it that I really hate. Because that's what I'm really terrible at in games. And it just never works for me. So I try to stay out of that as much as possible, especially at the beginning, and really build up my club and get a lot of members patched in so that I could be able to throw my weight around a little bit more later in order to use the different places that I want to go. Because you can't activate a power on a particular tile that's a building unless you're the only club there. So... It, it was really hard. There's so much, like, secret, like, behind the veil stuff that you don't know about. Like, who really has the most money? And if we're going to throw down, do they have guns? Are they going to shoot me? Like, can I deal with little heat from the police? Like, where... Um, and then the special cards that come out that change the game a little bit, but then also give different opportunities that can, in some ways, break or bend the rule, the traditional rules of the game, those are really cool, too. And I think that adds another little fun element, too. So I think I actually enjoyed this more than the first time I played it. Because the first time I played it, I felt like it was a lot of territorial kind of just fighting all the time. And I felt like I could never get anything to happen. And um, this time, I felt like I could see more things that there were possibilities out there. So I, I, I liked it. Yeah, I think the thing that I also like about it is there's a pile of tiles and you don't use even half of them. Mm -hmm. And there's so many cards. Like we use 15 cards and I think there's like 40 or something. So it's just so every time you play it, it's going to have different locations. I mean, some of them are the same because they have to be in every game. But there's like six of them that are going to be different every single game. So just so much variability that you can get and change the game up. Well, it's pretty cool. Right. And we played with like the the advanced side or the whatever special like, powers yes that gives each person special player power and so that kind of helps you like say okay here's here's a little bit of how i can play because of my special player power and so like for me if i had the first player patch i got you know three thousand bucks or whatever at the beginning of the round so i thought okay you know i'm gonna stick with that player patch well then you know, our friend Brandon had one where he got extra money if he sold guns. So he was doing gun trafficking and you know, trafficking weapons. So it's kind of like, okay, again, I like games where there are multiple paths to victory. And so you can kind of play the way that works the best for you. And, I, and of course, I also really like the theme. I do. Oh, yeah. The theme is cool. And Chris told me that there's a, a Dungeons and Dragons version of the game. It plays exactly the same. But it's Dungeons and Dragons theme. Are you instead. sure? I thought he just said that 
you'd have to play that game with that theme to see if you actually really like it. No, it, he told me. That's why I have this copy is because he has the other oh, one. Oh, what's the so game? So he, he liked, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I, I have no idea. But he said he liked the theme of the other one better because he didn't watch the show. Or I don't think he watched the show. Or he didn't like the show or something. So he kept that one and gave us the other one. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I feel like both those themes appeal to me. I mean, anything with Charlie Hunnam in it, I'm like all for that. And, you know, lots of leather motorcycles. I'm down. I'm down with that. I like I like the MC theme better, 100%. Because <laughs> you feel cool. You're like, yes, throw down. <laughs> it's the only time in my life that I'll ever be cool enough to be in an MC. <laughs> I don't think we need that kind of drama in our life that comes from being that's, an MC. That's true. You don't want to be an old lady. I don't. If anyone ever called me an old lady, I'd straight up punch her in their face. Which is probably why I would be in an MC. <laughs> what would you call me? If you were in the gang and I, I would be the old lady? No, you'd be like my old, old man. man. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> which is why, obviously, we would, amongst a myriad of other reasons, we would never be allowed to be in a motorcycle gang club. Yeah, that's true. So, those are three of the games we played. Uh, some good ones, not a whole lot of, you know, new hotness stuff going on, but we had a good time. That's so what you can expect from that. us. <laughs> yep, yep. All right, so our feature for this episode, um, Jason leaked on our group page, I think. Uh, no, on the actual Facebook page. Oh, on our actual Facebook page. Um which I saw like one comment and I didn't get a chance to read it all because I was doing something else when I saw it. But I thought when you read it, you think, oh, isn't that every game? And so we were talking about our favorite, like outguessing your opponent games. And I mean, yes, a lot of games are, okay, how am I going to play better than my opponent? But yeah, when I looked around our game room today, as I was putting together, you know, my part of the outline, there are a lot of games where you're playing against the game itself. You're just trying to, you know, complete the most goal cards, um, you know, move the most items, those kind of things, or working together cooperatively. But we're talking about games where they tend to be simultaneous action selection games um, because that's where you're like, okay, what is that other person going to play? Are they going to play this? Well, if they play that, then I want to play this. But last time they played that, so they might not play this. Or, okay, I don't remember if they have that what card left, and then so they could play this or this. Or, you know, they're going after these things, and they might be playing. Like, that kind of outguessing your opponent, almost a rock, paper, scissors kind of conflict where you are both going to take an action at the same time. You don't get the advantage of seeing what the other person's action is going to be beforehand. And so you have to outguess what they're going to do. So, Jason, why don't you give us an example? All right. So the first one I want to talk about is a pick up and deliver game at its heart. But the way that you're moving around the board, picking up and delivering is through some programming with cards where each round you're going to pick five cards out of a hand of like nine or something that you have. And then what you're going to do is when it's time to take a turn, everyone's going to pick one of those five cards. So of the program five cards, you're going to pick it. And the game's broom service. I should probably say that because I forgot. Um, <laughs> broom so service. In, br in broom service, um, you're going to be playing one of those cards that you programmed. And then you're going to say, I'm either going to be a cowardly version of that card or I'm going to be the brave version of that card. If you think 
that you have are the only one to play that card, you want to say brave because the brave is better. It's a better action. It's more powerful. But if you're scared that someone else also picked the same card as you and they're five, you might say cowardly because you still get to take the action, but it's less. If if someone says brave, only the last person to say brave gets to take the action. So you're trying to, yes, play the cards that you want to play, but you're also trying to think, you know, what does my opponent need? I can see that they're they're by these buildings that need a bunch of orange um, potions, so maybe they're going to take orange. So I won't play orange, so I'll play something else, so maybe they won't play that card. And you're kind of trying to figure out what everybody's going to do while also trying to do your thing the best that you can. So my first one, Broom Service. Yes, this is a game that I used to vehemently rail on. And I gave it a second chance. And now I really like it. And I like the idea of saying, ooh, okay, am I going to be brave? Are they going to be brave? Am I going to be cowardly? Do I really want this action? Do I just want to pick a completely different fairy or something else or druid in order to avoid any of that? Yeah, it's really, it's fun. I like it a lot. Um, So my first game is an older game as well by one of our favorite designers, PDB, Philip DuBerry. And that game is Revolution with an exclamation point. Um, so oh, yeah. It does have an exclamation mark. <laughs> it does. I, did, yep. I didn't put it on the outline. I got it. But it does have an exclamation point. So Revolution. And I don't know why I like this game because it is at its heart an area control game. You And a mean one. And a mean, mean game, too. <laughs> Because you're, you're trying to get your, I don't know, pawns, markers, whatever, on uh, different places on the board in order to gain majorities there. But you're also, you're doing it through simultaneously selecting behind a screen um, who you really are going to try to lean on a little bit to get them to allow you to have influence in a certain area. Um, and so you've got things like money to bribe people with. You've got blackmail. Um, there's one other thing, and I don't remember what it is. It's force. You're punching them. Oh, yeah, force. Yes. You're just physically, brutally intimidating them like an MC. Uh, so you, different people that have kind of control over certain areas, they're all behind on this player board. And you have to have the right things to lean on them to get you to have their that kind of influence in that area. But if someone else does the same thing in the same place, ain't nobody getting that. Now, there are some times where there's a hierarchy of different types of intimidation. And so that can help someone kind of get an edge. But you're always trying to say, okay, are they going to go here? Are they not going to go here? Like, how do I get control here? Like, how can I, how can I get more force or more blackmail tokens okay so i need to go here like there's all these things to think about and then it's like okay i see someone running away in an area of control do i want to just challenge them and screw them up and keep them from getting any more in that area uh there's a lot of things to think about and to outthink and it is mean because you are just trying to screw each other over you're trying and, and you're being mean to the people that aren't even real that are controlling the different areas in the game so it's just a mean game but it's really fun. Like this has a lot of great player interaction and that outguessing part it is really great. And so if you get people who don't take winning a game too seriously, Revolution is a really great outguessing your opponent game. Yeah, the thing that I like about this one, because I hate mean games, but this one is like effectively bidding. 
So it's like an auction kind of, and you don't really know what's going to happen. So you're being mean accidentally sometimes. <laughs> right. Or on purpose, which is, you know, how, right. how that, I like to That's roll. true. Yeah. Or on purpose. But usually in my case, I'm just like, well, I need to do this. And then it's just accidentally screwing somebody else over. <laughs> All right. So my next one is a two player only game from Gray Fox Games, I think. That sounds right. And I'll say the name of it up top here so we don't, you know, get bogged down. It's called Seven Ronin. And what you're doing in this is one player is taking on the role of the, the Ronin. And another player is taking on the role of the Ninja Assassins. And what you're trying to do is, each pl- at the beginning of each round, each player is going to secretly assign where they're going to be sending their, their people. So I think in the Ronin's case, they have seven different Ronin. They're going to be sending to one of the locations out on the map. And your player board is going to show those locations so you know where to go when you reveal. And then the ninja is going to be sending their little ninjas out to locations to try to kill the ronin. So you're going to program all that, and then you're going to reveal. If the ninja and the ronin go to the same place, the ronin takes damage from the ninja stars. And if uh, the, So the, the goal is for the ninja, they're trying to kill the ronin. And the ronin's trying to control a certain amount of locations on the board, which means there weren't any ninjas there, and they have their guys just hanging out. They're trying to get a certain amount of locations or killing all of the ninja. So you're trying to figure out, you know, where's your opponent going to move to? I got to send my, if I'm playing the ninja, I got to send my ninjas over there so they don't just get all these locations. I got to make sure, you know, this guy has a lot of life. I need to kill that one. There's a lot of thinking going on in this one. And you're, it's all about trying to go to the exact same places as your opponent if you're the ninja and not going to the same place as your opponent if, if you're the ronin because that's how you win. So this is nothing but out guessing. And I dig it. So my second one, Seven Ronin. Yeah, this one is like super intense as a two-player game. And I think I've only played as the Ronin. Because the Ronin also have special powers at different right. at different places. So there's like this really incredibly like thoughtful strategy of, okay, here's the things that I need to I need to do. But also like I want to avoid where the other player is putting their ninjas. So um, and the artwork also is gorgeous. Like, I, I wanted to pick this one, but you picked it first. So that's a good choice. I like it. My next one is also a two-player game. And it's also really intense for no absolute reason. Like, I, <laughs> I make it so intense. And that game is called Dashu. I don't know if this game is popular or not. I don't think it is because I don't hear anybody ever talking about it. But Dashu is like this really intense version of rock, paper, scissors that you have between two people and these cards. So you are really, you're trying to balance getting what you need and um, also being somewhat ethical about it (laughs) because there's a track that kind of mitigates that. So you are trying to get these resources from different shops. So you're trying to collect sets. So cards come out and you have to decide, okay, do I want to keep the cards or do I want to give the cards away Um, because you want them in your collection. Sometimes you don't want them in your collection. And so then you're trying to figure out, like, you can't have too many of one thing. It's like all about this balance, which that in itself is a really intense kind of set collection thing. But at the same time, you are using cards to say, okay, here's how the cards are going to be given out. Who's going to have them? I can offer them 
to my opponent. And that's really nice for me. And that helps me move up on the integrity track. But that means I don't get anything. I can take them, which is a little greedy. Um, we can agree to split them. Or is that what it is? No, we I, I can agree to let you decide. Yeah, I think so. Like, uh, there's you take, I take, I'm going to backstab you, and no matter what you want, I do the opposite, and then there's whatever you want, you can have. Yes. I think that's that's what the cards are. So, yeah, so there's like a, a palm outstretched where you're saying, here, you have them. There's a palm clenched where you're like, I want them. There's two hands shaking where it's like, whatever you want, and that actually makes you more credible because you're saying, hey, I want the other person to side. Then there's a fingers crossed card where it's like, oh, I'm going to reverse whatever you want to happen. And that lowers your reputation, but it can also get you some cards that you want. And so you're trying to think, okay, if I want these cards, is this person going to give them to me? Or do I have to try to take them? And there's like a hierarchy of symbols as well, just like there is in rock, paper, scissors. I don't remember what that is at the moment because, you know, I'm real good like that. Yeah, me neither. We, me neither. We, we haven't played it for a while. We haven't. Um, and so that kind of determines who gets what. So you're like, okay, what are they going to play? Like, should I, is it worth like backstabbing to try and get these cards? Because I think maybe they're um, going to want to take them for themselves. Should I just try to be pleasant in the hopes that they want to give them to me and then my reputation will go up? There is a lot of thinking and rethinking and for me, a lot of self-doubt and changing my cards a billion times. And no matter what I play, Jason always wins. Like, it's so irritating because I cannot outthink on this game. But it's super simple and yet really intriguingly, like, the, the choices are so agonizing. And so I love that. So my second game is Dashu. Yeah, and the, the cool thing is, I think you touched on it a little bit, is you don't want to get so many more of the card than your opponent because then you lose points. Right. So if you're winning in the orange color, I need to have like one more than you and that's it. Mm-hmm. If I get more than that, I did a bad job of distributing the cards and I'm punished for it, which is crazy. Like it's super tight. Yeah, it is. Um, it's super tight and it's really hard. And th- those cards, the way you play those cards is brutal. Like it's it's tough. All right, so the last one I'm going to talk about is also a two-player only game because they seem to work pretty well with this outthinking your opponent type type deal. And it is called either the Institute of Magical Arts or the new updated version called School of Sorcery. And this is from Dr. Finn's Games. And what you're doing in this is you are trying to basically get influence over teachers at the school and items at the school. And the way you're going to do that is you're going to be rolling some dice, three or four dice, and then you're going to have these cards that are going to show how much um, either influence you're going to put down on a certain card or how many influence tokens you're going to be bringing into your pool. You're going to assign each of those cards face down to all of your dice. So you can see what your opponent rolled. They can see what you rolled. The trick here is you're putting your cards down at those dice and they don't know what you're putting down. They don't know if you're going to use that five to put down five influence. They don't know if you're going to use that five to get five influence into your pool so you'll have more to do next turn. You could just be bluffing and do nothing and put a card down that does nothing and then they waste their big powerful influence on that card because they're afraid you're going to take it. It's just a lot of that. So yes, you can see what's going on with the dice, but the card play that goes along with this game is really kind of crunchy because it's just... You can see what you're doing. It's all out in the open. You just don't know what's on the other side of that card. And I think that's fun. So my last one, Institute of Magical Arts or School of Sorcery. I don't love this game. 
<laughs> I don't mind it, but I don't know. It just doesn't quite do it for me. I I don't under- yeah. I don't know why you like it so much. I mean, it's not the deepest game in the world, but it's true. I, I don't know. I I enjoy the way the card play works, and I like the way that you know where your opponent's going to go, but you don't know what's going to go there. Mm, so that's I, true. I don't know. I just I just think that's fun. I because I know you're going to do something there, but I have no idea what you're going to do. And I don't know. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we need to play this a little bit more because we've only played it a few times, and it was like begging, in my opinion, for like a Harry Potter IP that they couldn't get. So sometimes I get caught on that. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Not at fault of the game. That's on right, you. Right, right. Yes. Yes. Okay, so my last one, we've talked about a lot of two-player games. Um, my last game is actually a multiplayer game. And I this game is so good. It's Campy Creatures um, from Keymaster Games. Hey, look at that. I, you know what? I said a designer's name and now um, like a publisher all in one good job. episode. And I didn't even look at You're learning. Up. Imagine that. We might go from pretty okay to not bad as a podcast. <laughs> I can get my- no, that that doesn't have a good ring to it. All right. I guess I can't get my act together too much. I don't know the designer <laughs> of Camp Creatures, so all I know is it's Keymaster. I think his name is Bob. It's not. So Camp Creatures is a simultaneous action selection game, which I love, where everyone has the same set of um, old school horror film creatures, Swamp Thing and Dracula and Bride of Frankenstein, like Godzilla, like so all these cool and like the art style is gorgeous. Like, I mean, it's just a cool looking game anyway. But um, what you're trying, each each of these creatures has a special power. And so you and your opponents are trying to play the creatures that will let you get um, the most citizens or civilians because you're trying to, you know, grab them, take them away. I don't know. I don't, I guess that's, I mean, I guess that's what creatures do. I don't know. Yeah. I think you're going to eat them. That's just what I say. Brian Frankenstein is not going to eat people. She's going to suck their, no, that's Dracula. No, that's that's Dracula. Who's also in there? (laughs) Exactly. I don't know. Just blind rage. Who knows? What you're collecting these civilians, there's some set collection to that. Um, and so each of your creatures has a certain number. So your creatures will fire off from highest number to lowest, but each of them has this special power that maybe can change the order, can move things around, um, can pull back other cards. Like it is a great, like, oh, well, if I play this card and someone else plays the same card, like, okay, we're both going to do the same action. And maybe they're going to take the card that I want, so I don't want that. Or there's some cards that if you play them by themselves and not with others, then it's the only time you can actually activate special powers. So you're like, okay, has everyone else played this card? Um, there's just a lot of cool strategy and thinking on this game, and it's just has a cool theme. So that's why I really like it. It's campy creatures. And it has amazing artwork. It totally does. It's, again, with Keymaster level, like, production art, like, I'm really a big fan. Yeah, the designer is named Maddox Schuler. See, not Bob. Not Bob. And this is this and another Keymaster game are the only games he's ever done, so. Hmm. Okay, well, I like this one. It's good. This one's super good. I enjoy it. I was going to put this on my list, but I knew you liked it, so I, I let you have it. Um, very similar. I, there's a couple honorable mentions that I kind of thought of. Very similar to Kippy Creatures is Libertalia, which is, again, simultaneous action selection where you and everyone else has the same um, set of 
pirate cards in your hand or pirate related type people or animals actually in your hand and they each have special powers that will fire off and allow you to get booty tiles um to just get coins in general to kind of maybe move things around um if it's it's very similar in some ways cave creatures a little bit more complicated there's a little bit more going on um but still that really unique cool card play where you're trying to outthink um, oh, who's might play this card? And is that going to help me out? Or um, if we both play this card, then it's null and void. Those kind of things I think are really great. Um, also, Bring Out Your Dead, which we love and is crazy that it's made by Upper Deck. Um, but in it, you, you choose cards at the beginning for, okay, how many, you know, caskets are I going to try and put on the cart? Can I fit? mine on the cart along with everybody else based on where I am in my turn rotation like who who has that many coffins left is there a place for me to go in the cemetery so there is like a lot of kind of trying to outthink your opponents what are they going to play am I going to be able to get on this cart that kind of thing all right so there's two more um one's going to be a party game and that's called hoax uh and what you're doing in this is you're going to be given a, a specific role but what you're trying to do is you're trying to take actions of everybody, whoever you want to take, and hopefully not get caught by people. So you're trying to take actions of characters that maybe aren't in the game or maybe other people don't have because then they can call you out and you can be in trouble and you'll lose. So you're trying to get goods. Uh, I forget what the, it's like evidence of some kind so you can investigate people and money and all that type of thing. And you're just trying to either... I don't remember how you win trying to either have be the last one in the game or boot somebody out, I think. It's really good. It's a lot of trying to outguess your opponent. And the last one I wanted to talk about is kind of a, a heavier one from What's Your Game, and this is called Asgard. And what you're doing in this is you are, everybody has the same cards, these certain god cards. And at the beginning of the round, based on the number of workers you have, you're going to pick a card and put it face down. And then during the game, you're going to reveal cards and... T- Put your markers on those gods to get the actions. The trick here is other people might have picked those same gods and they may go to the spot on the god that you want where you can get their special power. You might be able to build them a temple. So you're trying to go where you need to go again, like always, but you're also trying to maybe if you pick the same god as someone else, do it before they do. So it's a lot of, well, you need to go there. I need to go there, but I'm going to go there first type of thing. So it's really good. So those are some honorable mentions that we have. So... What games come to your mind when you think about outguessing your opponents? Have we missed them? I'm sure we have, because you know we only play a few old and ugly games. So tell us about your favorite outguessing your opponent games. Go to our Facebook page, definitely hashtag The Riveted, our Facebook group. Everyone's awesome, awesome, awesome there. And we just talk about games and everybody's good people. We don't have to slap anybody around for being jerks. I love that. Um, you can find us on Instagram, also on Twitter. If you're great with the reshare, the retweet, the hashtag game, you get on that because I'm too old to figure that stuff out. But I love it. If you are good at it, go for it. Um, and also our YouTube page, videos. Jason's so good at putting on content. I actually have an unboxing that I've been meaning to do, but I've been so doped up on Sudafed that I haven't done the video yet. So I definitely need to get that done. So look for that there as well. Yeah. And we want to give a shout out to the Board Game Rundown. Um, they're, a few of them are members of the Riveted. They're good people. They have a cool video 
podcast vlog type thing where they talk about a topic and just games that they love. So go check them out on YouTube. It's a good channel and you won't be disappointed. Yeah, and they like different games than us, which I think is really great. So if you're tired of old ugly Euros, they like some war games. They like some mini games. They like some party games too. So it's a definite palate cleanser from us over here at the Board Game Mechanics. Yeah, they like minis, which is one strike against them, but we'll let it go. And space games, which is a second strike against them. I mean, really. Oh, yeah. And Cthulhu. Three strikes there. I I mean, I don't have anything against Cthulhu. I mean, you know, I'm not like joining a cult or anything, but. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah. I just, you know, I don't know enough about Cthulhu. I need someone to show up my door and say, hey, have you heard about our Lord and Savior, the Elder God, <laughs> the old one, and educate me have with you a heard pamphlet? Narlawatep or whatever their names are. I have no, I don't even know that. Like, it's bad. I need to educate myself. Maybe. Uh, that would go beyond the lines of just being pretty okay, so I probably won't do it, but I'll think about it. Yeah, you th- you'll, you'll strongly consider it, like I do with all the Kickstarters. <laughs> right. I wish you'd strongly consider them a little more, but... <sighs> <laughs> all right, everyone. I have been Stuffy-Nosed Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. <laughs>